one should ever fuck with farmers. I read this crazy article about how AI is like learning how to be racist. It's rock and roll, bitch. It's pretty absurd thinking about it now. All right, we're done. I'm ending it. I'm ending it. We're done. We're done. Complete nonsense. nonsense. Hey guys, um, it's me. It's another solo episode this week. Um, I have no idea when this is coming out, um, cause scheduling has been fucking crazy between, you know, various combinations of the three of us. So it'll just be me again today. Hopefully this will be the last solo one I do, but who, who knows? Um, I mean, I'm recording it, uh, on the 27th. So we'll see when this comes out. Um, but yeah, just some things I wanted to kind of talk about real quick. Um, you know, a decent amount of it is like kind of Baltimore related. I don't know. At least I'll try to organize it. So like the first couple things are or whatever. But, um, so yeah, I guess in case you, uh, you know, don't know or don't really pay attention to the news, like there's a curfew that's happening on the block now. And for those, I guess, who aren't really in the know, the block is the stretch of Baltimore Street um, that uh, houses most of the city's strip clubs and stuff. Um, So I guess, um, you know, the Maryland politicians, um, I don't know how many of them are like from the actual city versus just like the state at large. have decided that a way to curb crime in Baltimore City would be to impose a strict 10 o'clock curfew on uh, adult uh, entertainment, I guess, in the city, specifically in that area. Um, I haven't seen or heard of any reports or investigations or like real actual evidence (laughs) that links um, the uptick in crime or like the, you know, just the crime in general in the city to the block to you know people coming to and from like the strip clubs you know so it kind of just seems like low-hanging fruit from uh, people who just don't really either like Baltimore City or understand how things work Um, I'm reluctant to say that it's like a uh, you know conservative response to crime in the city I'm sure there are some establishment Democrats who are on board. You know, this is like obviously like part of the never ending war on sex work, part of the never ending, you know, stigma uh, that surrounds sex work and people who, you know, pay for sex workers in various forms or whatever. But yeah, um, there have been a couple interviews that I've heard like on the radio and stuff from people who are involved or employed by various places um, in that area, you know, and they're just talking about like the hundreds of people who are employed there. And I don't know, like, I don't, I didn't really like a lot of like the reliance on like the single mother narrative, you know what I mean? And while, you know, there are like a lot of single mothers who are strippers, you know, I don't think that that really is everyone. I feel like I don't know, you know, I, 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 I tend to shy away from, from that sort of like defense of like sex work by just being like, no, like all the down and out desperate women who have nothing else to do are forced to strip. Like that's, I don't really think that that's super accurate. 
but who knows um but anyway yeah so potentially a shit ton of people in baltimore city or who at least work in baltimore city are going to have their money really fucked up um because the government for the state thinks that uh that's how they're going to stop the crime rate uh from rising further in baltimore it's not going to work I think anyone with half a brain uh, will realize that uh, shutting down the block early <laughs> isn't really going to change the amount of crime, in air quotes, in the city. But who knows? I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, hopefully, you know, I've seen some uh, efforts to organize from inside and outside of the sex industry. So hopefully, uh, you know, some traction will be found. and. Um, uh, it will be able, there will be some combative efforts to, you know, make it so that this isn't a thing or a thing that lasts very long. Um, cause it's pretty fucking silly. Uh, another thing that I heard on the radio recently was, um, some shit involving ghost guns. Um, again, for those who don't know, a ghost gun is like a theoretically like, non-traceable firearm um you know meaning a handgun that has no serial number you know or its serial number has been removed um that also has like i guess grown in recent years to it also include like homemade guns you know 3d printed guns and and things like that um this is also part of like this crackdown on you know, violent crime or crime in general in Baltimore city or the state of Maryland. It's pretty transparent when, you know, politicians in Annapolis talk about the crime rate in Maryland. Like most of the time they just straight up say Baltimore city, but you know, if they're not saying that, like that's what they mean normally when they don't want to look like too racist or whatever. when they talk about like the crime rate in Maryland, they're typically talking about Baltimore city. But I guess there was like some recent cases of violent crimes being committed by people with untraceable firearms and traceable handguns. And so I guess there's going to be some new legislation proposed, uh, you know, dealing with uh, with these ghost guns. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, sort of seems like another, you know, just more like performative measure that isn't really going to go anywhere. It's not going to prevent any crime from happening. Uh, like most law enforcement, you know, shit, you know, tends to do like it doesn't stop the crime, right? It just makes it so that if you get caught and there's a very, very, very low chance you will get caught, you'll get in trouble, right? I think like they're trying to make it so like if you have like a gun without a serial number on it, you're going to get like a, you know, $10,000 fine or like maybe a couple years in jail or, you know what I mean? Just like a, a, a punishment, like a hefty punishment for like a normal person, you know, if you're rich or have a good lawyer, you'll be fine. but. You know, I heard some statistics about, like, how much fucking uh, crime committed in, you know, Maryland or in Baltimore City is actually done by people who, like, have the weapon registered to them. And it's, like, so the, the number's so small, it's, like, almost non-existent. It's, like, everyone's using, like, intraceable firearms at this point. So, like... You know, making it so that you can't have these guns and, like, they're increasing, like, the penalty of having them under your possession like probably won't stop people from doing stuff because 
you know, like they already know the risk of having these firearms when they acquired them, you know, it's not like, a de- like, this is really going to deter people. I don't know. You know, I've, I heard some like interesting arguments on both sides of like, you know, the people who are really horny for the second amendment, you know what I mean? Saying that like, you know, intraceable f- or untraceable firearms, like don't count because they're illegally purchased, you know? And then there's other people who are just like, fuck it, like a gun's a gun, we should have guns. You know, so we'll we'll see how that really plays out. Um, I don't I don't really know if it's gonna do much. I feel like you know the risks of of having a gun illegally in air quotes. And uh if you have one and you are at the point where you are, you know, committing crimes I don't really think that like this new like legislation is really going to deter you from doing it if you're already at that point you know what i mean i'm not saying i'm like for or against like you know guns that can't be traced i'm just saying like if you're at the point where you're willing to go like acquire like a firearm you know that you can't get traced back to or can't get traced back to you rather and you're willing to like take a life or go on a you know do whatever the fuck it is you plan to do with that firearm like i don't think you know a couple years in jail or like this fine is really going to like deter you if you've already like you know gotten to that point you know what i mean and that's that's just me um i think that this is just another excuse you know, to throw poor people in jail, desperate people in jail. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, most of the people who are going to go to jail for uh, this is going to be, you know, marginalized people, people of color and stuff like that. Poor people, you know. Um, and it fucking sucks. Um, but that's just the country and the state that we live in. So that's really all there is is to it. Um, the last Baltimore thing that I kind of wanted to touch on briefly, um, Part of the like transportation money or whatever, like the infrastructure money that Baltimore City was given or Maryland was given or whatever, I guess a huge chunk of that is going towards turning our buses, like converting them to like electric, electric powered or whatever. We're going to have electric buses soon. In true Baltimore City fashion, like it's going to take forever to do not that much, but like I guess it's like in the next, like the goal is like by 2025, like 50% of our buses are going to be electric and they're going to add like more east west bus lines. Like I think it was like going from like Catonsville or Glen Burnie to like Dundalk, you know? So we'll, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. And, um, you know, it's just like one of the unfortunate things with anything that has to do with infrastructure in Baltimore City where like everything is so fucked and so corrupt that like anytime there's just like, you know, large amounts of money moving around within like municipal government, like there's going to be something that happens, right? Someone involved is going to get caught up in something or just straight up something's going to happen like that directly involves like this process. but. Apparently, we're getting, you know, more eco-friendly public transportation and more public transportation options for people. So that's, you know, that's a good thing in that vacuum, right? Like, that's kind of cool that that we are getting that. 
skeptical about like the successful implementation of this plan, but the plan's not the worst I've heard. You know what I mean? That's that's something. You know, I'm not like satisfied, but like I'll, whatever. Like I'll fucking I'll take it, I guess. Um, if we zoom out a little bit more to just kind of like some national shit that's happening, um, Supreme Court Justice Breyer or whatever is stepping down, I guess, which is cool. I don't know. Like, I don't fuck with the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court's like a non-democratic entity. We don't fucking get to choose who the, you know, the judges are and they're the most powerful, like, judicial entity in the country or whatever so like the supreme court's fucked and should be abolished like i don't really see much of a point to having the supreme court like if you want to have like an actual fair and equitable society because they don't represent the people they just like don't we have no say in who the fuck goes up there and and what happens and you know what i mean like i don't know i don't fuck with the supreme court but like you know a lot of people do and yeah, so Breyer stepping down so that a new younger person can be installed, uh, put into his chair by Joe Biden. Um, arguably something that uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg should have done under Obama. For those who don't know, uh, you know, once a Supreme Court justice dies, uh, the president gets to nominate someone to take their place. You know, that's kind of how it happens. Then people vote and they try to figure out if like they're a good fit or not or whatever. But that's that's how these justices get replaced. Um, and I guess it's kind of like I don't know. It's expected that since like the Supreme Court is like a lifelong appointment, which is also fucking stupid. Like once you get to a certain age, like in your party is in control of the executive branch, like you're supposed to step down. So that your party can nominate someone from, you know, within your party to take your place to, like, keep things even or something. I don't fucking know, like, the logic behind it. But famously, like, Trump got two picks thanks to Mitch McConnell, you know. Um, So, yeah, we'll see who Joe Biden nominates. Uh, At the time of this recording, I haven't heard of anyone. Like, people are kicking around ideas, you know. And God only knows who they're going to pick, like... There are so many, like, you know, registered Democrat politicians who would love this position. There's so many people who are being speculated. I, you know, and, and with the fucking Biden administration, with Joe Biden, like, there's an equal chance that it's going to be someone whose name has been in the Democratic suit for, you know, this entire election cycle. You know, some one of these rising stars or whatever. And there's also a good chance it's just going to be, like, some other, like, old dinosaur you know that's friends with biden who like wants their shot so we'll see what happens i'm not hopeful that it's going to be anyone good you know at least from like where i'm standing you know obviously i'm not a fucking democrat so like it's not like i'm going to be represented (laughs) by whoever they fucking pick um it's it's going to be a shit show regardless so we get to look forward to you know the Democrats and Republicans fighting over whoever gets picked. Yay. Um, another thing in terms of like, I don't know, national news, I guess, is the the sedition charges that have been brought against like the Oath Keeper guy or guys. I don't know. I haven't really been like 
following that super intensely, like super closely, kind of on purpose. Cause like, I don't know. It seems kind of, kind of silly to really like hyper focus on January 6th stuff. Like the fact that they brought about like sedition charges is fucking crazy for a lot of reasons, like legally and like politically. Um, and we'll see how all this plays out also just in terms of like the precedent that is being set right now for these, like from these right wing extremists getting in trouble. You know what I mean? Not to be, you know, too like alarmist or whatever, but obviously like, you know, under a democratic administration, if a group that is labeled an enemy to the democratic administration gets charged with sedition and they get get mode or whatever, you know, um, that's not great if, uh, you know, the inevitable happens and the Republicans take control and then, uh, you know, they start going after people who oppose the Republican Party. So we'll see um, how this affects the future of, you know, American protesting and American political discourse, you know, and political dissent. I'm not saying that January 6th was a protest. You know what I mean? It it wasn't at all. You know, it was a failed insurrection attempt, poorly organized, poorly managed. You know, that's kind of like what it was. And like I've said it on here before, like I don't really have any issue with like what happened in terms of like people trying to overthrow the government. Like, okay, like that happens. I have an issue with like who did it and why they wanted to do it. You know what I mean? But just like the act of like people trying to like, you know, shut shit down or like take shit over. Like, okay, like good luck, I guess. You know what I mean? And again, like, that's something that you have to look at, like, in a non-bipartisan way where, like, yeah, if you agreed with what they were doing, like, it would have been fucking tight if that would have, you know, gone off without a hitch, like, in the same way that, like, if you don't agree with why they were doing it, like, it would have been a fucking nightmare, like, it kind of, that's, like, the unavoidable fact when it comes to, like, January 6th discourse is, like, you know unfortunately like if you're a trump person you thought it was pretty fucking cool and it's bullshit that they're being charged with like being a traitor and stuff because they're fighting for what you believe in but then on the other side like if you're a democrat like you think they're treasonous and that they don't represent the people you know what i mean i think if you if you separate yourself from like the dichotomy of american politics you'll quickly realize like eh, it's it's just it happens you know and it has been made like a bigger deal because of you know the american news media and stuff but we'll see uh, what happens with all of the like rounding up of people you know we'll see if we get any like patriot act style legislation because of this uh we'll see what this does to civil liberties and privacy and and stuff like that um if this if january 6th was a big enough deal or was made into a big enough deal in order to kind of like tighten the reins on the american people or just like you know international people you know what i mean or we'll see if it ends up being a dud you know i mean i i don't know i i can't really see that far into the future i would imagine that you know uh nationalists people who really give a shit about quote america are going to use this as an excuse to sort of bolster the police state you know and uh use this as an example 
uh, down the line as a justification for, you know, preventative measures to prevent something like this from happening again, you know, or, you know, let's say when the Republicans take charge, if there's like a Black Lives Matter protest or some bullshit and then something pops off for whatever reason, they're going to look and compare it to January 6th and, you know what I mean? So we'll see what happens there. Um, I'm not really hopeful for anything good, but it kind of is what it is. Um, if we look more internationally, I have two more things I wanted to briefly touch on. One of them, you know, it's just something that I've been seeing a lot online where um, people are looking at like the Russia Ukraine stuff. And people are pointing out, like, all of the, like, far-right and, like, just straight-up, like, Nazi shit that happens in Ukraine and Ukraine military and, like, paramilitary groups in Ukraine and stuff. Um, And sort of talking about how, like, you know, like, the West, you know, being like NATO, the U.S., and sometimes Israel are supporting, you know, either with (laughs) lethal aid, which is a funniest shit term or like money or whatever or training like these military or paramilitary groups in Ukraine that are anywhere between crypto like secret fascists and just straight up like waving around like Nazi flags and shit um you know and then using that as like a way to say that like Russia is good or Russia's doing the right thing by fucking with Ukraine theoretically because they're fighting Nazis or fascist, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure if you follow any, like, leftist or, like, progressive, like, Instagram or Twitter, like, you've seen, like, you know, all the pictures of, like, these these military groups throwing up Nazi salutes and shit, and, you know, people are like, look, like, the Ukrainian military has all these, like, white power dudes and neo-Nazi guys, and, like, you know, the, the you know, NATO is backing them up, and, and Russia is, like, opposing them and stuff. I don't think that that's, like, an accurate representation of, like, Russia's motives. I don't think that they're, like, fighting the good fight against fascists, you know? I mean, there is a lot to be said about, like, the prevalency of, like, hyper-right-wing ideology in Ukraine, but the same can be said for fucking any country in the you know former Soviet Union. Or just any fucking country where there's a lot of white people in general, you know? I mean, look at the American military and American paramilitary groups. They're here. They get funding and training from a lot of motherfuckers. You know, I'm just saying, like, it's just kind of not really doing anyone, like, much service by saying that, like, Russia's fighting the good fight when I don't really think that that's any motivation for their supposed actions you know and just to sort of stay on that topic for like two seconds like i don't think that that the russia ukraine stuff's going to go anywhere you know it's it's all you can really hear about in the news like any newsreel any news like program will mention russia and ukraine and there's all these experts talking what they think is going to happen and blah 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 but no one's going to do anything they're not like no one's going to risk like a a hot conflict right now. Putin's just peacocking and Ukraine is, you know, doing whatever the fuck they're doing, like using this as, you know, uh, motivation to get NATO to let them in or something like, I don't, I don't really know. 
the sentiment of Ukrainians, like that always seemed like a very like divided thing where it seems like some of them want to be Russians, some of them don't, some of them don't fucking care. You know, so we'll we'll see how all that goes too. Um there's just like so much stuff happening right now that like you know, it's just like being not blown out of proportion, but like just like shit that like doesn't really involve the global community that much, the international community, but like people are really giving a lot of like heated opinions about stuff that it just sounds like they don't understand or they're just very blatantly like hoping for a particular outcome in order to like further like an economic or like political agenda, you know, but I I don't know. I don't think anything's really going to happen organically from the Russia-Ukraine border conflict. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, some small settlements on the border, like, switch hands, like, Crimea style. But NATO and the U.S. have already said, like, eh, a little bit of land ain't worth, like, you know, dropping nukes over. So we'll see what happens, but I don't think a lot's going to happen. But if you have a second, uh, look up all the Nazi imagery, you know, Nazi shit involving... uh, Ukrainian military and paramilitary forces. There are a lot of uh, successors to the Nazis in Ukraine hanging out still. That is definitely a thing. Um, is that unique to Ukraine? Of course not. But it is still something uh, that should be concerning when you follow the money. You know, I mean, that is the same thing to be said of any paramilitary group. But yeah, during the news right now, might as well take a couple minutes and look that shit up. Uh, the last thing I wanted to sort of talk about very briefly is all the Eminem scandal stuff, the controversy. Um, in case you live under a fucking rock, um, they are like making the lady Eminem's not as sexy anymore. Um, they are changing their footwear. Yep, that is national news uh the green m&m is wearing sneakers now and the brown m&m has a chunky heel now yep that's that's in the news um one of the best pieces of commentary i saw was on twitter where someone posted like you know it's funny that people don't think the green m&m can be a slut in sneakers which you know i i really laughed at pretty hard um but yeah, if you're wondering why this is such a big deal and why, um, you know, the news media is uh, really going crazy on this and why this is, you know, such a prominent thing, it's because the parent companies for M&Ms are, you know, in a lot of hot water for child slavery stuff. Yeah. Uh, I haven't looked too much into it because I feel like it's just going to bum me the fuck out. But if that's something that interests you, take a second to look that up, too. And I feel like that's also something that's been going on for a long fucking time. Like, I don't, like, it's, maybe there's something going on with the cases, like, now to where, like, it's popped up again. But, like, Mars and Hershey and all that shit are in a lot of hot water for their labor practices involving minors and child slavery and shit, you know? And that's kind of a thing that has happened with all of those like commodities forever. Like when you look at like, you know, just like the massive import of, you know, plants that we process to make like highly, uh, desirable consumer goods in America. Like they are exploited 
they are very much exploited. But yeah, you know, instead of people talking about that and how fucked up the candy industry is and the child slavery, um, they want people to talk about the sexiness of their uh, mascots instead. So that's what people are focusing on. Um, more people are starting to talk about that. Um, not just like people on the left. I see people, you know, in the quote center and people on the right also bringing it up. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes, but definitely something to consider when you, uh, are having your M&M discourse. And I have been like, it is funny to joke about it and talk about like, you know, sexualizing chocolate and, and people getting all pissed off about it and people like defending it or whatever, but you're playing into the trap set by the, uh, you know, PR teams for these major, you know, multinational corporations because uh, they want you to think about that and not the fact that they're doing child slavery. But yeah, that is it. I'm done for now. Hopefully this will be the last like solo episode I do, but who knows? Maybe next week I will too. Well, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, if you like the show, please like and subscribe. Give us five stars. Uh, tell your friends about the show. That would be fucking dope. Um, you can find Bolshevik's on all social media platforms. And from there, you can find the individual, uh, accounts for myself, co-host Kevin and super producer Andrew. There is a Patreon for five bucks a month. You get an extra episode whenever we do like normal, you know, full team, uh, episodes, uh, and access to the discord chat. Um, I think that's all I have to say. So bye.